Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Sunday, September the 3rd. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. First, my apologies. I've missed two episodes, and I want to thank you for still being here, for being faithful to the podcast, faithful to to what I do here. It was because of my health, and it was a very rough time. But something kind of amazing came out of it, and that that is something that I want to share with you in the second part of the podcast, because it's actually a solution to the first part of the podcast. So let me get it underway. There's an expression that goes something like this. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Of course, you understand what that means. It means that you may be paranoid. You may live in a constant state of fear of bad things happening to you. But just because you live in that state of imaginary things happening to you doesn't mean that something isn't actually happening to you in a given situation. I reference it because in many ways, I think that's where we're living right now. You know, you're not crazy. You are under attack. But the reason you haven't recognized how under attack you are is because you didn't recognize the weapons that have been used. And the reason you didn't recognize them is because they're stealth weapons and they've been deployed very slowly over time. What does it mean to have weaponized so many aspects of our culture and our government? Well, let's look at government agencies the IRS, the FBI, the DOJ. If you remember Lois Lerner, who was the head of the, um, of the uh, IRS or high up in the IRS, I forget what her position was, she was found to have used the IRS auditing procedures to harass conservative organizations, only conservative organizations, because she was part of the Obama administration and politically left. Anyone who's conscious today knows what's going on with the FBI and the DOJ. Parents at school board meetings that are being treated and and targeted as terrorists. Warrants issued without cause, basically, and using to raid pro-lifer homes. Or the language that we use. Man, woman. They don't have any meaning anymore. The language that we're using. It has lost meaning in so many ways. It's been hijacked. What's a man? What's a woman? We had a Supreme Court nominee, now justice, who said she couldn't define what a woman was. She went to college. She went to law school. She is, in fact, a woman, a female, based on her DNA, but she couldn't define what it was. Equity has been used to replace the concept of equality, where equality is one of the founding principles of this country. Equity is very different. Equity means 
equal outcome. And equality means equal opportunity on the front end, but it doesn't guarantee anything about the outcome because that depends on so many factors, one of which is how much effort and time and energy you put into something that you want to accomplish. Global warming, well, they wore that out, so they called it climate change. And now because we've had a hot summer across the country and the El Nino effect is raging across the country... Now they're sort of interchanging once again, global warming and climate change. If we look at race, race has become something you should be ashamed of if you're white and victimized if you're black or of any other color. You're either a perpetrator or you're a victim. That's what has been done to race. That's how race is weaponized just like language has been weaponized, just like the government has been weaponized. Silicon Valley and social media, it's been weaponized because if you say something that those in power don't like, you get canceled or you get fired or you get silenced. And it's done specifically to keep you silent, to keep us from sharing in what is called the marketplace of ideas, keeping us from being able to communicate with one another about what we really feel and being able to exchange differences so that we can perhaps better arrive at what might be the closest thing to the truth. No, you're not allowed to do that now. You have to toe the party line. Schools and college curriculum have been weaponized. The 1619 Project, which rewrites history. It's not to say we didn't have slavery in this country, and it's not to say that it wasn't shameful, but it is to say that you can't go back and rewrite history and say the nation began in 1619, and here's why. Leftist professors in universities. I've, I've addressed this before, even back when I was in college. And I, as I mentioned many times, I went to a Catholic university and I was a sociology major. It was always coming from a political left perspective. And all of our colleges and all of the curriculums, pretty much with a few exceptions, have been tailored and deliberately tailored to promote a leftist agenda. Healthcare was weaponized. COVID was weaponized, not the, not the virus itself. How it was handled, how we were treated, how we were restricted, both physically and in terms of our choice. You weren't allowed to use hydroxychloroquine. You weren't allowed to use ivermectin, even though the science, as they like to say, indicated there was reason to do that and benefit to do that. It was weaponized. If you were sick early on in COVID, you went into a hospital, they put you on a ventilator, the worst thing you could do, and those people died. Healthcare has been weaponized. Your insurance rates are tied to what your health is and how often you see your doctor. And everything you do when you go to the doctor is put into a computer and there is a you know, centralized place within the U.S. government and within Medicare particularly, where all of your healthcare information is available. And perhaps if you're not worthy, if you're too old or too infirm, well, the data will show them that it is more cost-effective to let you die than to treat you. Healthcare has been weaponized. Crime itself has been weaponized against 
the non-criminal. The criminal gets to now use the justice system to their advantage. If it's under $1,000 of, let's say, petty theft or these flash mobs, well, it's not prosecutable in many cities like San Francisco. And what happened when 2020, when Antifa rioted and destroyed millions and millions of dollars of property and people were killed in the Northwest, in Seattle and in Portland, no one was prosecuted, virtually no one. But we have a riot also on September 6th, and that's turned into an insurrection, even though it doesn't fit the definition, and thousands of people are being arrested, have been arrested, will continue to be arrested. The latest number is close to 3,000, they believe, that the FBI is looking for and Homeland Security is looking for connected to the riot on January 6th. Energy? Energy has been weaponized. They're shutting us down. They shut down the pipeline. They weaponized it by saying, now you can't use gas stoves or they're going to phase them out, as they are in New York. You can't make pizza with a wood-fired oven, as they are in New York. Energy is being weaponized. Brownouts will come to blackouts because they deliberately want to get us off of fossil fuels, which is a whole other podcast. But nonetheless, energy has been weaponized, making us dependent on whatever it is they want to allow us to have, they being the government. And every crisis has been weaponized. George Floyd, COVID, January 6th, Lahaina in Hawaii, everything has been weaponized. And now we're at COVID again, rearing its head so they can weaponize once again how they restrict us, how they limit us, how they control us. They, again, being the government and the powers that be. And of course, Trump, I mean, you know, you have to be deaf, dumb and, and blind not to know what's being done to him in terms of weaponizing the court system, the federal government to make sure that he can't run again. Whether you're for Trump or not, you ought to be for your right to choose who you want to choose when they are the candidate. And he clearly would be the Republican nominee, but for what is happening. He may still be, but they're going to certainly, once they have a conviction on any one of these crimes, weaponize the system and say under the 14th Amendment, as a felon, convicted felon, he can't serve. Again, weaponizing the justice system, weaponizing the political system, weaponizing the Constitution. So why do I say that the second half of this podcast is actually a remedy for the first half? Well, it's because the first half is overwhelming, right? When we think about all these things that have happened and continue to happen that are restraints and constraints on how we live our lives, where it's become oppressive, both in terms of stress, but also in terms of freedom, in terms of liberty, it's exhausting, and it's anxiety producing. And so I want to share with you something that happened to me in the last couple of weeks, because I think it's highly instructive and highly helpful to all of us. I was not feeling well. I wound up in the emergency room. I then wound up in the hospital briefly overnight. And when I came out, I still wasn't well. And there were several possibilities for what it could be. And so this past week, just a few days ago, I had to get an MRI 
but I had to get two MRIs, one of my lumbar spine and one of my thoracic, the higher part of your spine. I don't know if you've ever had an MRI. I've had them before, but the machine is huge and loud. You're in a tunnel, so it's kind of like being buried alive in a crypt. Some of those tunnels are smaller than others, and they slide the table, which you're on, automatically into the tunnel. So for the time that you're in the MRI, you cannot move. And even if you wanted to, there's nowhere to go because the top of the tunnel that you're in is probably two to three inches from your nose and something similar to your arms and the sides of your body. It's very much like being buried alive. So I had to get two MRIs back to back. And I asked the technician, how long will both of them take? And she said, probably 55 minutes to an hour. And I couldn't believe the answer because the thought of being in that machine for an hour, even though I'm not claustrophobic, it's just really hard to lay that still and be in that confined place for such a long period of time, adding to it the sound of the machine. Magnetic resonance imaging machines are very loud. And not only are they loud in noise, there is a pounding that occurs in the machine itself as it's doing what it does to take your image. And that pounding goes through your body. You feel it as if someone's hammering on you. And it doesn't stop for the 55 minutes. It's like a boom, 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 and a bang, 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 bang into your body. It's very loud. It's very difficult to tolerate. I had to do it for 55 minutes straight. So as she moved the table into the tunnel, I thought to myself, how am I going to do this? And then I said, well, maybe I'll meditate. I'll try to meditate because I do meditate. So I started to meditate. And when I was meditating very early on, I thought to myself, well, the point of this is moving your consciousness out of your body. The point of this is moving beyond your brain, beyond the things that normally run amok in your mind to distract you and to keep you from feeling at peace. And I said, well, you know what? If I can meditate and I can get to an altered state where I'm not so connected to my body and I've done it, why can't I just leave my body while I'm in this machine? And so I set my mind, my intention, that I was not going to be connected to my body, that I was going to sort of move above it, outside of it. And in that instant, I was back in my childhood summer home. We had a summer home in Atlantic City, New Jersey, by the beach. And my family used to go every summer. And when I was growing up, that's where I spent my summers if I wasn't in camp. And I hated it. I hated it for a multitude of reasons, but it was like a cultural thing. And we knew other families who had houses nearby and they came down for the summer. And every summer that I was there, I was miserable. Well, something really strange happened. In this sort of out-of-body experience that I was having in the MRI, I went back to Atlantic City, but I went back without all of the negativity. I was in the house. I felt the house. I felt the wraparound porch. 
I felt myself walking to the beach, carrying my beach chair, my babe, and my, my towel. I felt the sand under my feet. I felt the splintering from the boardwalk as I crossed it to get to the sand. I felt the water under my feet as I walked to the shoreline. I dove into the waves and I felt the joy that I felt as a child diving into those crests of the waves in the ocean. I remembered the the restaurant that was walking distance from our home that I used to walk to with friends. We'd go sometime for breakfast, sometimes 11 o'clock at night for ice cream, whatever. I relived the entire experience of my childhood in those summers, but I relived it completely in joy. In joy. It was a state close to bliss. And when suddenly I heard the MRI uh, technician say into the microphone, okay, that's it, you're done. I couldn't believe that it had been 55 minutes. And as she rolled out the table that I was on, I said to her, that's the greatest MRI I've ever had in my life. I said, I wasn't even here. And she looked at me, of course, like I was crazy. And I said, I was at my summer home growing up and I completely like left. And she said, oh, well, that's interesting. And I'm sure she thought, bring in the next patient. This one is insane. When I left, I was driving home and I was still in this incredible state of joy. The feeling was visceral. I could take it with me. And then I thought, you know, this must be what Jesus meant when he said, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not a Christian. I don't know the exact words, but I think it's lest you be like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And I understood it in that moment. Because that joy that I experienced in the MRI was really saying to me, it doesn't matter what's happening to you or around you in the right mindset, or perhaps out of it, out of your mind, but in the right level of consciousness, you can transcend the most difficult situations. Now, that feeling stayed with me the entire day. And I am certain that it influenced the rest of my day because I won't belabor it here, but I had three other experiences that same day that were remarkable, that were almost miraculous. And I believe it was because I remained in that state of joy and either I created them through it or I transcended them by it. But since they were all very positive, remarkably positive, I have to believe that I created the rest of my day with the intention to be joyful. Why do I say that it is the cure to the first half of the podcast? Well, it's because all of us know that we have virtually no control over all the weaponization, over what we're going through now, over the constraints over the limitations, over the loss of personal freedom, over the concerns about economy, you name it, Ukraine, you name it. We know we don't have direct control over any of it. But I'm here to tell you, firsthand experience, we have control over our perceptions, we have control over our intentions, we have control over our heart, 
And in many ways, I would say to you, the kingdom of God was with me all day because I was with it. I refused or I simply stopped being in the fear, feeling like the victim. I wasn't someone trapped in a horrible machine for a medical test that I had no control over that was going to be irritating, physically uncomfortable, longer than I thought I could. I wasn't there. I was at the beach, diving into the waves, buying cherry ice pops from the guy on the beach who used to walk with the iced pack on his back selling ice cream to the kids. We can do it. You can get through what we're going through now. The wheel turns. Nothing stays the same. The one constant in life is change. What we're going through now is a transition. If you feel that you cannot affect any of it, then draw your energies within and know that you can affect your life, the quality of your life, the comfort of your life, the peace of mind that you're seeking is within you. Just be determined to not get sucked in to all the fear-based stress that is being weaponized against us. Don't play their game. Don't enter their war. Don't walk on to their game board. Be of a different mindset. Be of a different reality. And by so doing, we will create a different outcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with me in those two weeks that I was absent. I'll be back here again next Sunday. And until I am, be in joy and think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.